Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Okay, people, it's Thursday, which means it's another episode of Echo Chamber. So we got, oh, we got three films, three films this week. Um, but before we get to them, let's take a look at the UK box office top ten for the weekend of the 15th to the 17th of August. Okay, alright, so at number 10, we've got an American Pickle, directed by Brandon Trost, starring Seth Rogen, Sarah Schnook, Jorma Tuckhorn, and Sean Whelan. At number 9, oh, we've got a classic, it's Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park people. Steven Spielberg directed, Michael Crichton wrote, starring Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Arena Richards. At number eight, oh god damn it, people, this film was a standout of last year's London Film Festival. I'm talking about Shannon Murphy's Baby Teeth. It is fantastic. Screenplay was from Rita Kaunages. Starring Eliza Scanlon, Toby Wallace, Ben Mendels, and Ezie Davis. So, um, yeah, that, that film definitely needs to be seen, people. At number seven... It's Walt Dunn's Trolls World Tour With a voice cast from Rachel Bloom Anthony Ramos Jamie Dorman And Anna Kendricks At number 6 We've got Broken Law This is from Paddy Slattery Starring John Connors Ryan Lincoln Graham Early and Gemma Duval. At number five, people, we have got Alex Alexis Stadaman's 100% Wolf. So, uh, this has got a voice card of Ilias Wandels, Akmal Shalish, Reese Darby. And Magda At number four people We've got Onward This was from Dan Scanlon With a voice cast of Tom Holland Chris Pratt Octavia Spencer And Julia Louise Dwyfus At number three 
Oh, going back in the vaults. Going back in the vaults. It's Pinocchio. It's that Disney classic. Um, yeah, with a lot of old people directing who, you know. So, at number two. At number two, people. We have got Unhinged. Okay, so this was from... Oh, gosh, who is this from? Derek Brought. Yep. Starring uh, Karen Petrus, Russell Crowe, Jimmy Simpson, and Michael Papajohn. And topping the charts this week for its 10th anniversary... It is the Christopher Nolan classic, Inception. Starring, as we know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Ellen Page, and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who has a film in today's reviews. Alright, so um, that's our top ten people. So, before we get into this week's films, let's... uh, Let's do a little bit of information as we do. Okay? So, um, here we go. Okay, film fans. This will be of interest to you. Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again, going to the pictures. It is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020 to August 2021. This will include the latest release dates, info, features, interviews and more. Staging a one-off live event in a prominent London venue called Cinema Showtime Live that fans and contributors will be invited to attend. This will include a fan lottery with incredible prizes and money can't buy merchandise and experiences also creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up-to-the-minute news and information 
production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases and also 10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity Medi Cinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state of the art cinemas in NHS hospitals, which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well being, re- resilience, and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently, their cinemas are suspended, just like all regular cinemas across the country instead they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours we are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so um The Medi Cinema CEO, Kat Mason, said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in-hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, We are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, film fans, this is huge news. So the Fantasia International Film Festival will be celebrating its 24th year it's 24th edition but due to current situations this will be a virtual event accessible to movie lovers across Canada and the world I imagine it's gonna have a wild assortment of scheduled screenings panels and workshops taking place online from the 20th of August 
all the way through to the 2nd of September. So they decided to launch it as a a digital edition, um, you know, because they wanted to keep health and safety of attendees to, you know, a maximum, right? So, um, you know, that's a big thing, but you will still get to enjoy all the things that you've become accustomed to and love about the festival itself. And um, yeah, they are not scrimping. So this year's festival is going to be opening with uh, Neil Marshall's new film. That's right, people. Neil Marshall will be having his new cinematic powerhouse, The Reckoning, opening the festival. Right? So um, the film is a poignant and horrific period thriller set in 1665 against the backdrop of the Great Plague and the subsequent witch hunts in England. The Reckoning will star Charlotte Kirk, Sean Pertwee, Joe Anderson, Stephen Waddington and Emma Campbell-Jones. So uh, it's a vivid, compelling and confrontational film whose themes and frighteningly pertinent to today's concerns it will knock the wind out of you <laughs> so uh, yeah people be warned so also you will be able to see um chino moyo's underdog um yeah there's going to be um, Tizaki Barbara's, um, which is uh, it's an adaptation um, by Mac Makoto Tezuka. Yeah, we will get that. Um, also, the Curse of Audrey Ershaw. From uh, Thomas Robert Lee You know there's going to be um, Sidraf Savini's um, A Nightmare Odyssey of Ritual Magic So you can get that As well as people there is There is more trust We have Brian Benito's The Dark and the Wicked, um, John Hyman's Alone, we've got Yuji Shimamari's Crazy Samurai Mosiah, Eliza Kephart's Slacks, um, you know, there is Yuvov Shamir's The Prophet and the Space Aliens. And people, the festival is ending with The Legend of Barton Tue. This is from Kyle McNaughton, and um, it's an indigenous Kiwi martial arts action comedy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there is a lot, people. 
there is a lot to look forward to, okay, so check the um, information for details, there will be a link and everything, so uh, yeah, check out the um, the website for more information of, of what is coming to the festival, because, um, you know, there's going to be things like the John Carpenter Lifetime Achievement Award and Masterclass. Yeah, there's going to be a tribute to Jose Mojoic Marines. You know I mean? It's jam-packed, people. So, remember, we have got the Fantasia International Film Festival coming to you from the 20th of August to the uh, 2nd of September, and it's going to be covered here on Echo Chamber. Boom. Great stuff, right? Okay, people, so now we've done all of that, let's get into this week's films. We've got a couple of new ones, and we've got, you know, an older film. I don't know, I think it's a year old. Might have been two. I think it's a year, but um, you know, late nights can't sleep. So um, yeah, I figured I'd just take a look to see what everyone's talking about. So we're gonna start off with the old, and then we're gonna get into the new. All right. So here we go, people. Sit back and enjoy. All right. So um, yeah, you know. These long ass nights when the sleep just ain't happening I decided to, um, you know, you want something light and easy to watch So, yeah, flicking through Netflix And I figured, you know what, I'm gonna finally take a look at this To all the boys I've loved before You know, there's loads of people talk on it Gets referenced a lot when, um, you know, new films come out of the same kind of ilk, right? And this seems to be a, a high bar that people hold things to. So, yeah, I figured, you know what? Yeah, let me uh, let me give this a try, right? So, um, it's based on a, a trilogy of books, right? Um, yeah. Based on this on, on this trilogy of books by Jenny Han. Um yeah, basically to all the boys I've loved before series. <laughs> uh and um the this first film came on Netflix in what 2018. Um it's directed by Susan Johnson, uh produced by Jordan Levin. Matthew Kaplan and Dougie Cash. Uh, it was adapted by Sofia Alvarez. And yeah, like the cast, it's starring um Lana Condor as Lara Jean, um Noah Centineo as Peter, um Janelle Parrish as Margaret, Lara's older sister. Um, then there's Anna Kafka, 
who plays Kitty, Lara's younger sister. Um, we got Andrew uh, Bachelor plays Greg, um, Peter's friend. Uh, you've got um, John Corbett, who is Lara's dad. Um, Israel Broussard, who plays Josh, who was Margaret's ex-boyfriend. Yes. And Madeline Arthur, who plays Christine, and who is the cousin of Jen, who is played by um, Emilia Baranak. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I believe, um, yeah, that's how you pronounce it, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a Netflix film, it's 99 minutes, so, you know, hour, just over an hour and a half, nothing too crazy, and the, um, the story is this, right, Lara Jean Covey writes letters to all of her past loves, the letters are meant for her eyes only, until one day when all the letters are sent out to her previous loves. Her life is soon thrown into chaos when her foregoing loves confront her one by one. Um, yeah, and, and that's the thing. So... When it says, you know, she wrote to her past loves, so it's it's not so much her past loves, but like people who she felt that she had a connection with. So she might not necessarily have hung out with them for a long period of time. You know what I mean? They never even went they never went out. She's not dated any of these people. But yeah. She goes home after, you know, said situations and she's written a letter, right? And there's five, five of these. I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if we see five. Yeah, I can't remember if we, we, we actually see five people confront her. I know for a fact we get four. Yeah, I know for sure there's four, but I'm not, I can't remember about the fifth, but yes, so, um, you know, we, we have that, and yeah, the letters go out, and then yeah, we get our story, now, the, the, one of the big things is, so, Kitty's mum had died when she was very young, um, so she's just grown up with her dad uh, and her two sisters. But her eldest sister, Margaret, she's going off to um, university. And, yeah, the university that she's gone to is it's in Glasgow, Scotland. Right? So, you know, all across the ocean. So, yeah, she's, she's there. And she's dating... Um, Josh, right, and before she goes, she uh, she breaks up with him, right, because 
I mean, we we get we get told that her her mum had told her that when you go to university, you should never go when you're in a relationship. Which I don't know. It is is kind of an odd thing, and like you kind of think, okay, fine, like, but you don't necessarily have to do it. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's no talking to anyone else to be like, oh, what do you think about... But, so, yeah, she splits up with Josh. Um, and, yeah, then <laughs> some other crazy-ass shit happens, right? And and it's kind of weird, right? Some of the stuff is definitely weird because, yeah, one of Lara's um, letters is Josh. And... Like, that whole situation, I don't know, it's a weird situation the way they kind of have it, and a lot of things just aren't really, yeah, they're just not addressed, it's very odd, it's a little creepy too, you know, because we don't ever really get the age of Josh, right? So, you're assuming he's Margaret's age, right? But, yeah, you, like, it's just like, how old is he? Like, what, what, what? And, yeah, so you you have that. And then you have this situation with one of the others. um, And this kind of weird pact is made, right? You know, pretend to be someone's boyfriend. So, you know, you get you get people off your back. And he gets his ex jealous. And so it's just playing like this. But I think, I don't know. Like, this definitely, I'm not the target audience of this film. Right? And it's, it's funny. Like, it's a huge film. Like, it, as I said, look, it's always used as a reference point. Um, yeah, people talk about it, say it's so good. Hey, it got a seat. It, you know, it's already got one of the sequels that came out at the beginning of this year. And I believe they're working on the third film. Right? So, yeah, it's mad popular. But I think an issue that I had is it doesn't really go into any kind of depth, you know, like, we just get every kind of thing that we see, it just seems like a caricature, right, there's no real kind of emotion to it, you know, like, but why, you know, because, you know, you, you have this girl, right, Lara Jean, and we're told that she, you know, you know, the whole big thing is that she's really intelligent, she's really smart, and all of this, but she, yeah, she doesn't want to be um, her, right? She doesn't want to be her, and they play it all out like, oh, because her mum died, right? And that's the reason why she, you know, she shied away from relationships and blah blah blah, and it's just like, all right, that's. Fine to an extent, but there's always more to these things than that, right? Because you've got a dad, 
you've got a dad, you've got two sisters who all love you, so, you know, you give it more depth, right, give it more, and there's this one bit when she's talking to um, Peter, whose dad left, you know, he left to go, you know, ha have an affair with someone, so yeah, go and start a new family, all of that, and it's just like, you know, is you know, oh yeah, I get what you, you know, there's this interchange with them, and it's kind of like, yeah, no, I get what you, what you mean, um, you know, you know, my dad left, and he's like, oh no, actually no, it's not the same thing, you know, yours is way worse than mine, and he's been like, whoa, 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 stop there, you know, because you can't, what are you doing? You know I mean you're 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 setting parameters on how people should be feeling about these things. Like you you know, a death is bad, but you know, a parent leaving leaving and starting a new family, that's traumatic in itself as well. Right? So to whoever's experiencing that thing, that's a big blow. So to have it like, oh no, 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 your situation trumps my situation. It's just like that's very problematic. You know, that that it, it's giving people this odd kind of like understanding on how they should be looking at grief. Right? So yeah, I thought that's not great. Right? And and we get like lots of weird kind of things like this throughout, like, there's this one point when, you know, this girl who hates Lara Jean, they finally have this confrontation, which is a bit like, wait, why the fuck has this not happened all this time, it's like, what, but they finally have this confrontation, which is just, ah, it's terrible the way it's handled, and then it's just like, oh, I didn't realise that my actions, and you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold the fuck on, what do you, like, what, no, 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 like, <sighs> I don't want to kind of, you know, because, hey, I've only just seen the film, so I'm, I'm sure there are people that haven't seen it, but it's like, look, you don't play a situation like oh yeah we're both in the f we're both in the wrong for this you know like no 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 look there's levels to things right and it, it's a kind of it's a disservice to be like oh yeah yeah you know oh i have to look at what i do and blah 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 be like look that's all well and good right but if someone has been terrorizing you, because that's the way this is played off, right? That she has been terrorizing Lara Jean for years, right? And then it's just gonna be like, oh, I was, to, uh, yeah, I'm the problem here, and it's a, like, no, like that's just it's a it's a weird thing to do. Right, because again, you're you're having people go, oh yeah, so, you know, 
I you know, like it's victim blaming essentially. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I was to fall. I shouldn't have, you know, I caused that situation. And it's just like, no, someone overreacted to something that happened. Something that happened within the confines that everyone understood that what we are doing is a game. Right? So, hey, it's fine for this person to go, oh, I, you make, like, that hurt me, and it's just like, all right, yeah, look, you, you can't take away, like, someone's hurt, and, and discredit that as a feeling, but you can say, what are you talking about, you understood what was going on, right, you decided to make it something that it wasn't, and because of that, you have made my life a motherfucking misery, what the hell, like, why did you, that's just wrong, that's just wrong, you fucked up, you know what I mean, like, you, you have to give these things resolutions, you have to kind of show them as it would really affect people, now, after that confrontation, you can, you could have her reminiscing, you know what I mean, looking back and going, huh, you know what, I have to say, look, yeah, she definitely bullied me for the all the all this period, but I probably could have played certain things a bit differently. You know, I should probably look at how I'm projecting my shit. Yo, you like to have that as a afterthought? Yeah, that what but the way they played the scene, it it was just crazy weird. Right, really weird, and yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that. You know, again, it is one of these issues where we've we're only getting surface level. You know, what I mean, there's no real depth or nuance to anything we're seeing. You know, like a a, a guy that's split up with his partner. You know. It could be a guy and a girl, a girl and a guy, a guy and a guy, a girl and a girl, whatever situation, right? But you you split up, but then you're hanging out with that person all the time, but you have a new situation. Like, it's weird. It's weird, and you, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine for people to go, no, that's fucked up. I don't want to be a part of this shit. You know what I mean? And... Like these these situations, like it's like they wanted to tick a lot of boxes. You know what I mean? Say, look, oh, let's have a bit where this happens, and let's have a bit like where this happens because there's an incident, and then at the end, like she's going, oh, I can't believe I had my own sex tape out there, and you're just like, whoa, 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 you need to, you need to calm down on that. Because it's not a sex tape, right? It's not a sex tape. What the fuck are you... Like, you can call it online bullying. You could call it many different things. But to put it out there and say it's a sex... That, that's problematic. You know what I mean? It's problematic. What are you 
doing? The, the signals this film is putting out into the world is insane. It is some crazy ass shit. Right? So you you have that. And uh yeah, it's just like, yo, 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 yo. No, talk on it as it is. And then, right? You want to let people know that certain behavior is not cool. But the way this film kind of shows it, like this thing has been playing around for a longer, you know, a, a good few days. Or even, I think, probably maybe a week or so, right? But, right, you, you, you have one person that definitely saw the video and hasn't said a word, hasn't said a word about it until they're confronted, right? And then it's this big scene, like, hey, people, you need to, or I'm going to... Uh, and then they're applauded for that. And it's just like, wait, huh? Wait, so you want to show, you know, people. Like, and this shit, it's probably going to happen. Look, it's going to happen to dudes too, right? But potentially it's going to happen more to young girls. And even older girls, right? Especially, like, I, there's, there was a crazy incident on Twitter just the other day, right, so, yeah, age, hey, it happens to people of all ages, but you want to kind of show it that, oh, it, like, someone who could be, who's kind of involved, they can make a half-hearted little attempt to, like, hey, you guy, and then you just forgive them and everything, no, that's, that's problematic, that's weird, right, and it, it will lead people into, other very bad situations, right, but yeah, for some reason, you know, that's how you want to show it, right, they, it, you know, you could have said something real powerful on that, but you played it off like this, you know what I mean, one-dimensional story device, that's what it was, it's just... Ugh, wasn't great. It was not great at all. Uh, but yeah, that's what they decided to do. You know, um, which yeah, it is it, weird, right? So yeah, you 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 have these odd situations, and, and you're playing these weird games, but you're playing them off like, oh, it's just fine. Yo, like, the film should have talked on, like, the real intricacies of relationships at this certain age, right? But they chose not to. And I, I think that's just, is just very disappointing. And look, I understand, I'm not the target audience. But, yeah, it just seemed, it seemed a weird thing. Right, it, 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 yeah, really seemed like this weird, weird thing, like just the even the the context of the how this whole thing starts. You know, letters get sent out because who is writing addresses on envelopes like that? 
Yeah, right? Like, it's just like, huh? What? You think, you kind of figure there's, there's other ways that they could have played it that would have been more realistic. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? And, obviously, people loved it. So, uh, you know, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, I just think the way they depicted relationships and all of these situations, kind of problematic, you know, kind of problematic, and could lead people into some, yeah, real fucked up situations, but, hey, you know, (laughs) I don't know, Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of my take on this film, it's just an odd film, it's a real odd film, and it, it, you know, it just doesn't seem to, like, nothing's really believable, nothing's really believable, and just, I think the relationships you don't, but like, you don't even, looking at it, right, you don't think that, um, John Colbert, um, Anna Kaffar, Janelle Parrish, and Lana Condor, you do not think they're a family, right, it just, like, the whole dynamic, they do not play like they're a dad and three daughters, there's just no real, it's just very odd, it is very odd, right, but, you know, (laughs) I'm not the target audience, but you know, I I would say that um, yeah, people that enjoyed, you know, like things like Twilight and um, you know, stuff like uh, have you ever, you know, that new Mindy Kalen thing, you know, stuff like the Kissing Booth, the um, the Fall in the Stars. You know what I mean? Like, the Duff, Perfect Date, uh, Sierra Burgess, I'm a Loser. Yeah, like, yeah, if if you like those sort of shows, you know, Five Feet Apart, like Me Before You, P.S. I Love You, just, you know, all of those kind of films... You will dig this. This is your film. Like, Love Rosie. Yeah. This, this is your film, people. You will very much enjoy it. It it, it, it plays for you. And that's not, you know, that's not a, you know, that's not a, 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 a cuss. That's not a dig. You know, because, yeah, I'm just... This isn't for me. I'm just like madly, yeah, overanalyzing everything, obviously, right? But uh, yeah, you know, watch it, enjoy it, have fun, you know? And uh, lucky thing, if you, yeah, you watch this, you like it, hey, the sequel's on there as well, so you can enjoy that. So yeah, to, um, to all the boys I've loved before, boom. Okay, so just checked out 
Random Acts of Violence. This is a um a film by Jay Brushnell. Yeah, that's right. Actor Jay Brushnell. This is actually his second um directed film. You know? Yeah, the first was um the sequel to the goon. So um he also produced the film along with Noah Siegel, Randy Manis, and Ricky Tolman. And he co-wrote the screenplay with Jess Shabbat. Uh, so um, the film is starring Jesse Williams, Jordana Brewster, um, Neem Wilson, and Jay as well. Uh, music is from Wade McNeil, Andrew Goulden. Um, Andrew Gordon McPherson. Um, cinematography is Karim Hassan. Uh, so this is actually an adaptation of a comic book from Justin Gray and Jimmy Palato. Um, the comic had the same name, and um, yeah, interesting enough, this has been in development. <laughs> for a long time, you know, which is um yeah interesting, right? So um, you know, Brashenel and Shabbat were um hired to to write this, like back in twenty eleven. So it just hit off, just snags and everything like that, um, and it was finally um, yeah, finally made in. 2018 um early 2019 i believe right so um the story is you know it's this right so todd walkley who's played by williams and his publisher ezra who's played by bushnell made their careers crafting a comic book based on a real life serial killer Called Slasher Man On a press tour To announce the launch Of their final issue They visit the town where Slasher Man wrecked havoc 20 years earlier Upon their arrival A series of new murders Unfold Murders that look eerily Familiar to imagery In Todd's Slasher Man Comics Speculation and paranoia build regarding the identity of the mysterious killer. Bum bum bum. So yeah, that's the um, that's the gist. I I think it f- kind of follows the um the graphic novel, but I I think it differs. In um, a few areas, you know. So the film opens up. Well, it's funny. So it opens up with like some live action shots, right? We got a little boy, who we we see throughout the film, right? So we have a shot of him, and then it goes into some like animated comic book strip 
type images with um you know Brewster's character narrating um kind of like a monologue so it seems it's pages from a you know an unpublished or say to be published comic book right so um you know that that's what you get the impression you're not quite sure because um you know we've got Todd you know telling Kathy oh it's not finished I can't think of the ending but bum, bum. but yeah so we we have this you know these images going by and the narration and then it just stops and then it goes into as I said this conversation between Todd and Kathy about Look, um, I can't think of an ending, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of this And then we get, like, the, basically, it's an explanation of what we're gonna see, right? Because we have Todd saying to, um, Kathy, um, yeah, so the idea is to tour the kill sites Right, so do a road trip of where these kind of people were killed, and hopefully it will give me inspiration, you know, or something, so I can write this last issue, and then during this supposed, like, they say it's a tour, it doesn't really sound like a tour, <laughs> you know, there's all they do, they're, they're driving, then stopping to do a radio show, and then there's a, a, a some sort of convention in New York. But that's it. They're not really stopping any... You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know. It seems odd that it's a tour when you're only doing one show. Kind of thing. But, you know, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, so, you know. And that's our film, right? They've laid out what, you know, we're going to be seeing. So then we have them... You know, meeting up with Ezra, who is Todd's business partner, essentially. Ezra runs the, you know, the comic book publisher that publishes Todd's comic. And then Aurora, who is Todd's assistant. So they are... Along for the, you know, the trip. And then while the trip is going on, Kathy is doing research into the victims. You know, she's writing a book about, yeah, the victims of the real-life slasher man. So, um, yeah, that that's what we have. Now, I, I say, like... It's an interesting idea, right? We've kind of had a few similar type of things, but yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. Now, one thing that does seem there's a few things that kind of throw you off a little bit, like the interactions. All the interactions always feel a little bit off. You know what I mean? Like, just our opening between Todd and Kathy. 
they don't it doesn't feel like they're partners that they've been dating for however long right we we yeah feels off and then in the car like in the car with you know them all driving just seems a bit off right and they're doing things that are weird like so a car as they just start off they're, they're starting on their journey and they're driving along and then a car out of nowhere which always seems a bit weird because it's a straight road <laughs> but suddenly this this big car well i'd say a van right is plowing towards them but on the wrong side of the road right so they veer off then this van that is all blacked out right just stops and we've got them and they're like oh we should get out and it's just like wait that makes no sense right like at no point is anyone um yeah, we should call the police, like, or at least, did someone get the license plate, or there is no kind of, yeah, things said that you feel would be said in this situation, you know what I mean, so that froze you, um, and, yeah, you, you get these kind of feelings, kind of throughout the film, of this, Kind of forced interaction, this forced narrative, you know? There seem to be a few things that are done. I don't know if it's necessarily meant to be misdirects, right? But there are a few things out of sequence. Like early on, you know, before the credits, like opening credits. We get a um, we get some dialogue from an interview that's further into the film, and we don't get all of it, but we get some of it. And I'm not quite sure what the reasoning was for that, because it doesn't really add anything to that moment in time. You know, it it doesn't. I, it, like you don't get. Any real kind of, I don't know, engrossing information that kind of go, oh, I've got to definitely finish this film now. You know, it just seemed a lot of, a bit of an odd choice. But we get a lot of things kind of thrown at us to, I guess, bring you into the mindset of, ooh, this is creepy, like, this is odd, this is weird, like, they pull up at a gas station to, um, buy some supplies, use the bathroom, and, and it's just all very, eerie. like, it's meant to be, well, it's meant to be eerie, it just comes off a bit odd, you know, a little bit odd, and a little bit why would you waste your time? You know, there, there is this, right? And I don't know if some of these things are meant to be a play on, like, horror tropes. 
right? Because we have a lot of things that are just, you know, like, why would you run upstairs from a killer? You know, those sort of things, right? Those sort of scenarios. We we have those thrown at us a lot. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I did wonder if this is meant to be a kind of, hey, look, we get it, you know, we understand, so we're throwing this in there for you, you know, um, like, the first crazy murder we see, it's a weird situation, you know, definitely a weird, like, because you think, okay, so why would the killer have been in this place, right, why would they be in this place, we then have this group who are having, like, this, com- it's just, I don't know, you're, you're thrown into the midst of this conversation that, again, feels a bit of a forced conversation, like, nothing really flows naturally, right, so we have this whole thing, and Right, so they break down, and then it kind of ensues from there. But there's a lot happening, and again, I think when you make a film now, you have to then think to yourself, people have seen horror, right? It's and and you think, well, yes, because if if the whole concept is about a guy who's writing this horror comic, right? So it's you know it's not in a world where horror fiction doesn't exist. So you you're kind of scratching your head about how people are acting because you have these people standing outside for a while. Before any, before like this crazy happens, you think, wait, cars have dot locks, and you've got a flat tire, right? It, your tire, your your car isn't broken, so you you're like, why don't we drive? Like this, you know, they could drive off. Technically, it's gonna fuck up the rim, obviously, but not straight away. Go, people drive on flat tires, so you kind, you're kind of like, wait, this, none of this scene, this setup, it doesn't make sense, you know what I mean, like, you're just scratching your head a little bit, you know, then when, um, you know, our main cast drive by this scene, right, the things that happen, do kind of go ah come on you know for 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 them to suddenly get this thing that happens it's a bit like you're telling me that that wasn't waiting like huh it doesn't make sense and the i mean just the um the thinking around all of this makes no sense Right, as I said, Kathy is doing research into the, you know, the, the, the victims of the murder, right? So, if she's doing research into that, 
you have to then ask yourself, how does she then not know? Right? Because we don't actually know how long she's been with Todd. But we're kind of assuming it's a while. You know, it's not just, oh, they've been dating a few months. You know what I mean? So, the understanding behind, like, there's the there's a big twist in this film. Which, like, the twist doesn't make any sense. And I say that, and again, it ties into Kathy and her research, right? And, um, yeah, you just think, right, if you've been with this guy for this period of time, then there's information that I don't understand how you didn't get, right? I don't understand how you didn't know. There's, um... There's this big kind of confrontation part in the film And, like, the viewpoints that are said You're just kind of like, um Okay, so this comic book It feels, it's been going on for I think four years At least four years From clues that we've been given And so... It's it you, it's just like the views that are then said. There, there's a time period. So, how is it they haven't come out? Because they're not simple little little views. <laughs> you know, they, there's some moral kind of judgment here. And hey, everyone's been in a relationship. And certain shit comes up in arguments. So you you kind of think to yourself, that would have come up. Like, that would have come up a long time before this. But it, are you telling me it didn't? It's, it's odd. It's odd. There's just a lot of odd stuff that doesn't make any sense. We have... Um, these weird camera angles that, you know, Brushnell has decided to use. And, hey, don't get me wrong, I like interesting camera angles, right? Uh, things that are a bit different. But the angles that were chosen, you kind of scratch your head because you're just like, this isn't adding anything to the scene. This is just making it harder for the viewer to kind of see or focus on this scene this is yeah this is weird like there's you can't call it shaky cam because it's not shaky cam but you know like these rotational types of shots yeah it's like wait what like why what are you doing here you know yeah, there's stuff that you you're scratching your head at it, you know. And I have to say, right, Isaiah Rockcliffe doesn't look anything. <laughs> he just doesn't look like anything like Jesse Williams, right? There's there's nothing about either that looked the same. So. 
as a, there's this analogy kind of thing, and it and because of that, it doesn't work, right? You're just kind of like, huh? The the whole interview thing that's meant to be like, ha ha. Again, it doesn't really work because you're thinking to yourself, hold on. Wouldn't an assistant have kind of uncovered this stuff, right? So yeah, you're 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 just baffled. I'm very baffled by the film. Like, you know, tonally, tonally, the film isn't. It's not bad. You know, because it is shot in this kind of murky. Um, dark kind of way that works, right? But visually, you 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 do kind of scratch your head at just what's going on, you know, and, and why, like the motivations, you know, and like the motivations of the characters, the victims. Like, just everyone involved. There's these just weird interactions. You think, okay, when you're you're in a situation where you know crazy shit's happening, why would you then be outside? <laughs> you know, why would you be outside at night? You know, it, it, it's a weird one. Right? Doesn't make any sense. So we, we have that. Then you've got things like um why would you not call the police? You know, there's just all of this stuff that makes you wonder. <laughs> you know, just like wonder what's happening. You know, why? You know, like Kathy she acts a lot of the time like she's never seen any of um, Todd's work, which doesn't work from certain statements that are said earlier on in the film or in other places. So there's just this inconsistent flow, you know, that's just a bit, I don't really get it, don't really get it. You know, and especially the end. The end is a is baffling. Because you again, there's a there's a kind of weird thing with the police. Um, there's a, well, there's a lot of weird things that you think. How, what about evidence? What about <laughs> you know? There's just a lot. There's a lot that makes no sense, but. You know, I, 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 I do feel that probably people that are fans of um, stuff like Saw, you know, um, which, you know, Aurora, you know, her character, she, she'd been in, um, you know, Nim Wilson. She's, she's, 
been in a lot of the Saw films, right? So I guess you bring across that fan base. So people that, yeah, are huge fans of that. People that are just slasher films in general, I guess. You know, people that love all of that. I think they would... They would probably gravitate across to this, maybe. You know? I don't know. I don't watch... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, people. But I think this probably speaks more to, um, you know, your hardcore... Well, you, you're, I'd say your hardcore horror fans, but... Fans of that, um, yeah, a slasher type of film, right? But maybe, um, you know, that late night slasher film that's showing at like one in the morning, you know, the B movie type of thing. I think, yeah, this possibly speaks to, to that fan, you know. But, hey, you can watch this because it's debuting today on Shudder, right? So, yes, if you've got the Shudder subscription, go check it out. If you don't have a Shudder subscription, go um, go into the episode details and you'll find a code that... Should still give you a month's free trial So yeah There you go people If you're fans of slasher horror If you're fans of um, You know Nim Wilson Then yeah I think go check this out You know And if you read the original comic book series I think you would probably Want to see this So Random Acts of Violence It's out today Okay, so This week I checked out Project Power Which came out on Friday On Netflix Um, So I, I'd seen this You know, you go to the latest section and you know, you, you so you see kind of things that are coming, and I remember seeing the poster and just wondering, like, huh, what is this? Because it the poster looks a bit generic, you know what I mean? And I I what <laughs> I did what I'm like, is this one of those spin-offs of Power? That because I know there's that TV show called Power, and I think. I'd heard them they're doing a few spin-offs. I'm like, huh. It's interesting that the spin-offs on Netflix, but the main show isn't. Now the main show might be, but <laughs> I can't remember if it is. But it at that moment I was like, huh. But then I saw, okay, so Jamie Foxx is in it. Gordon um is it Gordon Levitt Smith? Gordon no, it's Joseph. It's not even... Yeah, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, isn't it? So I'm like, alright, both of those cats are pretty good. I mean, not everything I've loved that they've been in, but, you know, they've got a decent track record. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to check it out. Fuck it, I'm going to check it out. Um, So let's let's just, you know, 
It's directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman who from a little looky looking um so they did the whole catfish thing um the TV series and the film um and they did the third and the fourth um paranormal activities so you know what I mean they've done some very popular shit right so they they did that uh it's produced by Eric Newman and Brian Unclus um Matson Tomlin wrote it and yeah as mentioned so it's starring Jamie Fox Joseph Gordon Levitt Dominic Fishback Rodrigo Santoro Colston Baker um Alan Maldonado, Amy Landecker, Courtney B. Vance, and Machine Gun Kelly's in it, you know, who, every time I see him in a film, I never recognise him, <laughs> you know, so the music was um, Joseph Trapanzi, um, Michael Simmons did the cinematography, so, um, yeah, Alright, so let's get into um, the gist of this, right? Okay, so on the streets of New Orleans, word begins to spread about a mysterious new pill that unlocks superpowers, unique to each user. The catch, you don't know what will happen until you take it. While some develop bulletproof skin, invisibility and super strength, Others exhibit a deadlier reaction. But when the pill escalates crime within the city to dangerous levels, a local cop um, called Frank, who's uh, played by Gordon Levitt, teams with a teenager dealer, who's um, Robin, played by Fishback, uh, and a former soldier, Fueled by a secret vendetta So that's Art, the Major, and that's Fox To fight power with power And risk taking the pill in order to track down And stop the group responsible for creating it So yeah, that's the story, right? Um, Now, this is like... Story-wise, you know what I mean? Story-wise, it's it's something that we have not necessarily seen on the big screen, right? In a, a, a superhero context. But there's been a lot of really good storylines in comic books about this like um Brian Michael Bendis had this whole thing in Daredevil you know like um mutant growth hormone um that was the kind of thing so you take this you get the powers you know but it could have a bad reaction you know so this was a you know this has been something that's kind of gone in comics but yeah so it was interesting to see how are they going to, you know, transition this to the big screen? What's this going to be like? You know, and it and it was interesting, right? 
Uh, now, they, they threw in things like, um, you know, the five minutes. So everyone's got watches. <laughs> and it was so it's interesting, like, they went the kind of digital watch route. Right, so no, you didn't see anyone go, um, Siri, give me five minutes, go or or you know what the the Google the Samsung equivalent, because yeah, like a lot of people have got those now, right? But no one was using that, which I thought yeah, that's interesting, but um, you know, I'd imagine a a, a watch company was. Uh, Able to hook up a real good kind of endorsement. That's why they used the specific watches that they used. I'd imagine, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, so we start off right. So um, we're in the docks of New Orleans. We see a big, big ass boat. You know, one of those container ships pull up. Um, then we've got you know, a whole heap of people. Like young people standing on the uh, docks And you're like, huh Then we see a guy come And it's like the whole speech, right I'm going to give you a new thing You get it for free, you sell it You know Uh, And we all of this And that's where we first meet Newt Um, And so yeah, it was an interesting kind of You know, so that was a setup, right and the fact that it's like, oh, we're giving you this drug for free. Go and usually, like, you know, you you might give out a little bit free, right? But they're giving out a lot, so that makes you question shit, right? So you've already got that question, but we have so we have that. Then it goes um, six weeks later. So six weeks later, and we see Robin, you know, she does her thing, um, trying to do a little deal, Frank helps her out, so we kind of learn that, you know, Robin's mum is ill, so she's trying to do this whole thing to raise money for her, so they've kind of given us that, right? But then there's all this other stuff going down You know, there's all this other stuff playing And, like, we saw some, you know, I think we saw some good stuff, right? Like the powers, oh, all the different powers that we saw You know, that was, there was some fun shit You know, there was some, definitely some fun shit You know, so we had, um like the first guy we see is new using like the fire and i thought it was interesting because they they changed the flames right so when he took more tablets you saw the flames get more intense you know we saw that they could get put out for a minute you know, so it was interesting the way that they they showed the flames. I liked that, right? Um, we also saw like the invisible guy. You know, so that there was that. Um, 
Now, Frank had the bulletproof skin, which you kind of think, hmm, I wonder how you found that one out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we we got the, there was the woman that could control, like, the temperature, all of that. Man, there was some freaky shit, right? Because um, the, the, the contortionist dude. Ooh, <laughs> oh man, that was insane. Um, like you know the the Hulk guy. We had one of those. Yo, so you know the super strength. So and yeah, it was good to see Tate Fletcher uh, pop up. And I think because there was a moment where you know, you, like later in the film, we get this kind of breakdown. Right, I forget if it was Jamie Foxx or someone else. Because Jamie Foxx mentioned the pistol strimp, right? But I, I can't remember if it was someone else that broke down the other things, like um, oh, because we also had the uh, uh, you know the um the frog, right? The Wolverine frog um. You know, would would the uh, you know break break bones for your weapons? So we had that description, like we had someone kind of break this down, like hmm, all of these you know nature develops these things, right? You have all these animals that have these defenses and weapons. So if you can harness that. But it was all a little bit throw away, right? It's all a little bit throw away. And I think that was something that you notice within the film, right? We noticed that. But yeah, getting back to the beginning, the the whole uh, Newt fight, that was interesting. It was shown, I think it was shown well, you know, especially... We're moving within the apartment building. So there was that kinetic kind of feel. You know, the running and the rushing and the fighting and the flame. You know, and they try to make it sensible. Like he puts, you, you know, we see um, Art put his jacket underneath the water. All of that. So you're like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool. It makes sense. Good. But the story's moving, right? And there was things I thought that didn't make sense. You know, I think one of the big ones was, well, you have Robin, who's a dealer. And I think this is the thing about setting films in the current day. You have to be aware that people... Like, they've got access to everything, right? And there's been books, films, TV, graphic novels, you know, songs that talk about everything, right? So to act like, oh, you know, oh, the character wouldn't have known and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, the character might not have been a, um, you know, an entrenched drug dealer, but you but you would have known the pitfalls, right? So there's just little things. 
But we don't have her checking anything. At any point, we don't have her checking anything. And I thought that was a little weird, right? Because, you know, we see what happens, right? But then her reaction to the situation is to scream, be scared, be worried. Which, hey, that's fine, right? But then you have to address that later in the film. So later in the film, it's just like, I'll come with you. And it's just like, mm, but you're rubbish. <laughs> you're not good in that situation. So you're like, if you're showing her as a, someone that like understands situations, right? So she understands her mum's ill. So she understands she, she needs ways to make money. Like she understands this situation. Like we, we see that. Then you have to, you would understand, okay, I am terrible in a fight, right? I am terrible in a fight. I, I was shitting myself yesterday. So it'd be like, oh, like if they had her go, go, I need a weapon or, or something, but you need something to make that make sense. There's certain things that didn't. M- Necessarily make sense Like um, I guess you you have Her Her ability Just the way she changed You know changed her Perception Like because you see that first meeting between her And R right So it didn't take much for her To then be like oh it's good You know and you're just like wait huh if it's that quick, it's that easy After all of that And the same with Frank Right It was um, Now you can Get why Frank would be He's bad Especially after the other Information about the chief and all of this That we find out right But to then Go okay now he's good it's like, wait, what? You know, there was this flip flop with no reasoning, yo, no real reasoning, which makes no sense, yo. Like, show us this, and again, this was something that the film did. Like, it didn't. It seemed it left a lot out a lot of the time, yo. There'd be situations, and they're not going into it. You know, like with the real kind of breakdown of what power does. Yo, know, there could have been that. You know, they, they, just with why they're doing it. You know, because you get the, the brief kind of, oh, so um, really, you know, this is being run by, but not really much. Right, so the justifications of doing certain things is all a bit like flimsy. You know what I mean? It becomes very flimsy. Like 
you know, you have to think, okay, so what part is the chief playing? Right? That's not really addressed. You know? Like, there's just these things that don't get addressed. Like, Frank says this interesting thing at the beginning where it's just like, um, Wait, why are you taking power? Like, you know, I need something to to help even the playing field. So you're like, hmm, okay. But you're a cop, you've got a gun, but you still don't feel safe. Which is an interesting thing, right? But it's not really explored. Because then you have to think, okay, wait, so are you the only one, though? Like, what about the other cops? Yeah, because it's not like it's just you going to every situation. There's other cops. So what are they doing? What's their viewpoint? Yeah, we don't see that. Which I think that's interesting, right? It, it it's something that would play into everything. Just the the makeup of the city, of all the crazy that's ha- supposedly happening. You know. Also, you've got the whole thing of, all right, we know that, yeah, New Orleans has gone through some tough times, right? We know that. So, if you're, if the drug is going for 500 plus, then how is it really a real crazy, because you just like, With the economic makeup of New Orleans. Is everyone going to have the money to buy multiple gashes of this? You know what I mean? It's just like, hmm. How does that work out? Right? I don't even know. Like, visually, it looked good. This really looked... And I liked a lot of the effects. A lot of the effects worked. Especially with the, the powers and everything. You know what I mean? Um, and when they kind of showed you, like, the pill inside the body. You know, that chemical reaction. That was good. So there were some good little visual tricks that happened. Um... I think the the panning shots, the way we followed the characters and we saw, you know, sometimes they use a different focal point, you know, to kind of like line up the scene and things like that. And I like that. I like the when people try something a little bit different, you know, not always going for the just the usual shot. So that's good. That was fun. Um. I did find there was one thing that was interesting but never just really touched on. Like a lot of people that were taking the pills, they were looking kind of haggard. Right? And you're like, oh, is that a chemical reaction or is that an age thing? Like, what is that? It's it was never touched upon. Yo, never touched upon. Which I thought was strange. Like, I like the music that was used for the most part. I did think Robin's raps, they weren't necessarily great. <laughs> like, they were okay. They were okay. But then it was a bit like, oh, you're great. 
Yeah, yeah, you're real good. And I'm like, oh, like I wouldn't say that from those. I'd say, yeah, they're okay. You know, but there's, you know what I mean? Like, things with that is, you can have that rap, right? And you could put a lot of different, you just wait for a word. And you just slot that word in. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just some, it's one of those little tricks like people can do and all of that. But yeah, music-wise, for the general, and the way they kind of blended it into the film, I liked that. I, I thought that worked. I did, There was a, a point in the film that I thought was was good, was real good. But it was one that is just like, ah, damn, I wish there was more of that. You know, because there was a conversation between R and Robin, and he's like... Oh, so you're a drug dealer? And she's like, well, you know, I, I need to. Like, my mum's ill. I need to make money. And he's just like, come on. Like, you, do, you didn't have to be a drug dealer. You could have gone in the army. Right? And I thought that was interesting. Because we all we always see people go, oh, this was my only choice, and it's just like, well, it's not your only choice, right, it's just, you don't, you're not really interested in the other choices, but I, I liked the fact, because it's just like, look, join the army, right, and then you can leverage that, and you, look, I see people do that, I know people that have done that, you know, that like certain sports, Right, so if you're in the army and you're a great at a sport, a lot of times you will get on the army team for that sport. So it means that essentially they're sending you to competitions, you're representing the army doing this thing. So you're in the army, but not doing a lot of those army things. You know what I mean? Like, it changes the game, like, other people kind of go, and, um, you know, get degrees, the army's paying for your degrees, your education, so you leverage it, right, and, hey, it doesn't have to be the army, right, it doesn't have to be the army, but that was a good example of, this is another thing you could have done, you just didn't want to do it, Right, and I thought that's that's a good conversation to have, right? It's not the only conversation. You know, there's other things to say on that, but it's a conversation, and I thought, yo, that's really good. It was just a bit of a shame that, yeah, they didn't do, they didn't do really any more of it, because there could have been the whole thing about the testing. You know, why you choose New Orleans, right? Why you choose New Orleans? You know, so-called, so-called economically, it makes sense. But, you know what I mean, that could have been a thing, right? But they didn't go there. Like, why test R? And I mean, she, you know, was that a, a racial thing? Like, because we, look, we've got examples of Tuscan Airmen. Like, there's a lot of different things that kind of went, have gone down in history.
that are good examples and could help fuel conversations because, like, they're not one-offs, right? So when we're seeing certain things within this film, you're like, oh, that's something, but it just doesn't get explored, right? So some of the film was definitely just generic, you know, the same fodder we see time and time again. Other things were interesting. We saw these interesting little kernels that weren't necessarily explored to their full potential, which I thought was a shame. But I will say, all in all, right, I I had fun. I enjoyed it, right? It's not going to change your life, but it's a fun film. You know, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the effects. I said, look, I enjoyed the music. You know, I thought the acting was solid. But we saw some real good kind of acting in this. Everyone kind of, you know, stepped up, really. You know, showed showed some great stuff here. You know? There was a little, a few hammy moments for sure, right? But all in all, hey, good performances, man. So, yeah, this this is decent, right? You'll you'll have fun. You will have fun. I kind of feel, and I think especially if you like stuff like um, you know, so the old guard. You know, that was, that's a recent film that hit Netflix. I think if you enjoyed that, you'll, you'll have fun with this. It kind of ties into things like, say, Limitless, you know, with the pill and, um, you know, all of that. Yeah, there's a, there's a few different, you know, a few different things that you'll go, ooh, yeah, that kind of reminds me of. I enjoyed that, so, um, yeah, I'm kind of down, right, I'm down with it, because, oh, yes, it reminds me of, you know, like, even, you know, something like Extraction, the Chris Hensworth film that, you know, hit earlier in the year, again, there's kind of similar kind of threads with that Lucy, you know, remember that film from, you know, a good few years back, right, so I think if you like those, you'll like this, but yeah, I would give Project Power a shot, for sure, um, it's definitely left open to make more films within that world, you know what I mean, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make some sort of sequel, and I, I don't know if we'll probably see a direct sequel, but something that happens in that world with those pills and the government and you know all of that so yeah it's on netflix it dropped on the 14th of august right um so yeah it's on netflix it's a netflix film so yeah it's gonna be there <laughs> you'll be able to watch it whatever man and yeah it's it's a fun film it's a good distraction um so yeah check it out people if it sounds like it's for you Thank you.
Okay, people, so we've reached the end of another episode. Uh, so let's take a look and see what's happening before we bounce. Okay, hey, remember as well, people, today, the 20th of August, is the start of the Fantasia International Film Festival. So if you're in Toronto, you, you get the opportunity to see a host of new films, shorts. It looks like a pretty splendid time, to be honest. And, um, hey, we will be covering it on Echo Chamber, starting with a special episode tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we'll be putting out episodes to follow the coverage, people. So, um... Stay tuned and keep an eye out for all of that, okay? But, um, right, so on the 30th of September, okay, 30th of September, people, Julia, Julie Taymor is bringing her new film, The Glorias, to Amazon Prime. It was meant to hit theatres, but because the current situation um it looks like they feel amazon is probably the best place to uh, get coverage for this okay so um yeah basically the film is looking at the life of gloria steinman right who was an iconic activist so um it's gonna cover different stages of her life so we've got juliana moore uh, Alicia Vikander, um, Lulu Wilson, and Ryan Kira Armstrong, who will be playing Steinman in, um, you know, the five decades in which the film kind of encompasses. Um, and during the film, we're also going to be seeing. People such as Dorothy Pittman Hughes, played by Janelle Monet, Flo Kennedy, played by Laurie Luson, Bella Abzug, played by Bette Midler, Dolores Herrera, played by Monica Sanchez, and Wilma Mankiller, played by Kimberly Guerrero. Um, so these are, you know, iconic women. That influence Diamond's life and the women's movement. All right, so um, yeah, it sounds interesting, people. So uh, yeah, look out for it. As I said, on the 30th of September. Um, also, Derek Colstad, who people will know from um, the John Wick franchise. He is, um, yeah, he's making a film, all right? So it's an adaptation of a Korean short called Time Time Agent, all right? So um, it was from uh, John Chun, uh, and it came out in um, 2018, all right? So it follows a um, solitary agent who travels, um, what am I saying, yes, (laughs) 
who uh, travels to the past to save the future by making barely perceptible yet highly influential alterations to the timeline. Bom, bom, bom. During his mission, he must live in complete isolation until he runs into a girl about to commit suicide and accidentally saves her life. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah, no, that sounds great, man. I am, um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. Hopefully, it will, um, you know, won't take too long. To uh, all come together Now we've talked about it in the past But Netflix have finally given us a date um, And that is the 23rd of September For their um, Enola Holmes Which is um, You know Directed by um, Harry Bradbeer, you know, it, it's an adaptation of Nancy Springer's, you know, book of the same name, right? So it's starring Millie Bobby Brown, who everyone probably knows from uh, Stranger Things, right? Um, and she is the rebellious teen sister of Sherlock Holmes. Who will be played by Henry Cavall And Mycroft Holmes Who is played by Sam Clafton So if you want to find out about You know The madcap adventures she gets herself into And also see people The likes of Helena Bottoma Carter Adele Akatar Fiona Shaw And Francis Delator Then um yeah Hit Netflix on the 23rd of September, people. Also, um, now this is really interesting because I just read, um, you know, a, a book by, well, a book within this series, you know. Um, so it's uh, Mark Greenway, right? So Netflix are making a. Um, yeah, a big budget, and it's like 200 million budget of his first book, Grey Man. Right, so the Russo brothers are um, directing, and it's starring Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris Evans. So, um, yeah, that should be interesting. Um, some more Netflix news. So, um, Isa Ray and David Heyman are coming together to um, adapt the memoirs of Tanya Smith. Uh, and it's going to call The Ghost in the Machine. So basically, Smith, um, she's a middle class black girl from the north side of Minneapolis who would go on. To, um, in the words of the FBI, become one of the single biggest threats to the entire United States banking system. Yeah, she created a sophisticated wire fraud scheme 
and outwits the authorities and prosecutors until her life eventually falls apart and she is sent to prison. After two escapes, she finally serves 13 years of a 24-year sentence. So, um, yeah, that's freaking kind of crazy, right? Indeed. And um, finally, with um, you know, the Netflix front. So, uh, Gil, 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 Del Toro. God damn it! You know what I'm talking about people. Well, he is doing a stop-motion animated musical version of Pinocchio for the streamer. And um, it's got an impressive cast. So, Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, Christopher Wilds, Finn Wolfhard, John Toronto. Um, Ron Perlman Tim Blake Nelson And Burn Gorman Are all attached That is not bad at all um, Also We've got Gregory Mann Who will be playing Pinocchio uh, Ewan McGregor Is on board for Jimmy Cricket and David Bradley is Geppetto. So, um, yeah. This sounds like it could be interesting, right? Um, you know, Del Toro is directing along with Mark Gufferson, um, who did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, and it's from a script from Del Toro and Patrick Mikhail. So uh yeah. Kinda looking forward to that. It sounds like it could be intriguing. Hmm. <laughs> now uh, planes, trains, and automobiles was a huge hit back in the day, right? It was a cl- it was one of John Hughes's classic films. You know, um, starring Steve Martin and John Candy. To be honest, I hated it. <laughs> but Paramount are looking to um, retap that magic. And um, they are, uh, yeah, they're bringing it back. They are, yeah, making a new version. Uh, so Aisha Carr is writing the script. And um, taking on the Steve Martin, John Candy roles are Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. So it it could at least be a um, a hit. (laughs) Yeah, Will Smith might be in a good, well, let's say a big film. You know, so there is that. Um, no date when this will go into production or anything like that, but you know, it's coming through um, both of their production companies, and uh, you know, more Kevin Hart news this time he's working 
behind the camera um, because he is attached to, um, you know, produce along with Chris Paul, um, Ian Elderman, and Jake Stein. So they are, um, yeah, they're producing a film called American Soul. Which is starring Pete Davidson and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Right, so it's kind of set around um, basically, it's uh, yeah, like shoes, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, the aftermarket sneaker business to be exact. Right, so, um, yeah, it, it, so it follows like two 20 somethings with mountings of college debt who use the fast cash of aftermarket sneaker reselling to achieve their American dream. But when their startup runs out of cash and a shady investor is their only way out, the dream quickly becomes a nightmare. So, um, yeah, there you go, people. Uh, that's it for this week, you know? I have no clue about friggin' sneakers, trainers, whatever you want to call them, you know what I mean? Because I don't ever want to pay £200 for a pair, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little too much, a little too rich for my blood. But I know people that go deep on that shit. So I'm, I'm sure this is uh, going to be intriguing to a lot. But people, that is us for another week. Um, yeah, I'm going to go and start getting into this Fantasia content. Because there's a whole heap of films and shorts to be watched. So um, I will touch base with you. Uh, well... For the, the, you know, our main podcast next Thursday. But remember, there will be Fantasia content coming out starting tomorrow. Okay, so, um, yeah, until then, people, enjoy your films. You know, do your thing. Because you just want to be free to have fun. <laughs> All right, peace.